from the USA Today Network. Welcome to The Chop, a Rutgers football podcast. Now, here are your hosts, Ryan Ross, Chris Eisman, and Steve Edelson. That's right. Welcome into The Chop, our debut episode. We are talking Rutgers football all season long, and we're so happy you're here to join us. Listen, every stretch of the way, I'm your host, Ryan Ross, and of course, I'm joined by our two Scarlet Knights experts for the USA Today Network, Steve Edelson and Chris Eisman. Guys, thank you so much for being here. It's our debut episode. Uh, we're going all season following Scarlet Knights football team. We're happy to be getting somewhat back to normal this season after a crazy year last year, but certainly uh, a lot to look forward to in this upcoming season. Yeah, no question, Ryan. It was, you know, obviously last year with Rutgers going three and six, it raised a lot of um, optimism around the program and Greg Schiano's first year back and now they're looking to build on it and so it's going to be a very interesting year as you said it's been nice to kind of be at least much closer to normal than we were last year you know being at training camp practices and actually being able to stand in front of Shiano and the players and actually talk to them in person and have conversations with them and not just be restricted to Webex uh, that's been a really really welcome change from last season so it feels normal we're getting close to, to the uh, season opener against Temple and um, you know excited to get going. I mean, I cannot remember being this pumped up for a fall season uh, as I am right now, given the events of the past 18 months. I mean, and beyond the team itself, I mean, I'm just curious what that Thursday night opener against Temple is going to be like, the vibe, the atmosphere. I mean, it's the first big crowd in almost two years there, you know, and I mean, listen, the team itself, that's intriguing too. And, and it's going to be great talking about them. I mean, what, what happened in 2020, you just, you can't judge a coach based on what happened during a COVID season. And what Greg Schiano did was he kept his team healthy and he kept his, his coaches healthy. And that was the most important thing. But now they've had a full off season. Now they've had all this time to prepare. They have a bunch of guys coming back and let the judging begin. Yeah, certainly we'll get more into it too in this episode, but kind of season 1A for Greg Schiano last year and for not just him, but really could go around the country and pick out examples like this where you can kind of throw last year out based on just how unusual it was for, for everyone involved. But in the course of this podcast, we're going to have sound clips from players and coaches. We'll have some live interviews along the way. We'll be having, of course, our analysis. We'll be making predictions for week-by-week -week games. Uh, we're going to have some of our colleagues on, of course, too, from across the USA Today network to give us the scouting reports on some of Rutgers' opponents going forward. So we have a jam-packed show, our first show here, and we're going to get right into it. We just mentioned him, Coach Greg Schiano, uh, at the helm of Rutgers, getting his team ready to play. Uh, Chris was at practice the other day, of course, caught up with him. Uh, here's what Coach had to say as we kind of end the training camp portion of the schedule and look ahead to the Temple Owls. It was a, there was a lot of good stuff. I think um, I think we got to really lock in now on Temple. There's a lot of football out there right now, scheme-wise, you know, a year's worth of what we want to do. And we got to, you know, today was, this was it. Now, now we got to lock in and begin our preparation for Temple. And I'm excited. I think our whole team's excited to finally be doing that. So. Nothing earth shattering there, you know, general coach speak, but, uh, you know, what's your reaction to that? Of course, he, he said they're excited and we kind of touched on it at the top of the show. Uh, those players taking the field with fans in the stands, somewhat back to normal compared to last year. Uh, what do you make of what coach has to say there, Chris? 
Yeah, I mean, I you know, this was really the end of training camp, as you said, Ryan. Now it's, you know, now they've had two scrimmages. Um, I think a lot of guys either prove themselves or showed, you know, if there's there's not too many starting jobs up for grabs, but there's a few. And, you know, they I think that that process, a lot of it is already finished. They kind of know what, you know, the starters are going to be, what they're going to look like. Um, and now it's start, time to start preparing for Temple, start really locking in and, and getting the season going. So I think that's what Greg was really saying there, obviously. As you said, it's nothing, uh, a lot of coach speak there. But, um, you know, that that's that's the phase of, uh, of you know, fall that we're in right now. So it's just start getting ready and, and zeroing in on Temple. And let's face it, the pressure is on Rutgers here. You know, this is a lower level AAC team, one in six last year, uh, has a lot of question marks. This is a team Rutgers cannot let hang around. They got to go out and take care of business and put this one away early. And, you know, I think it's going to be important for them to do that. Yeah, absolutely, Steve. I agree with you. You know, it, it, it's as you said earlier, too. I mean, you know, having fans back in the stands, so many people are excited to see this program. And, you know, all these fans who were clamoring for Greg Schiano to come back, they didn't even get the chance to see him in person last year and on the sideline. So there's a lot of excitement for this game next week at SHI Stadium. And you're right. They, they really have to take care of this, take care of business in game one, get this win. Um, so it's important to really start locking in and, and get, you know, getting the game plan installed. And to programs familiar with each other as well of course temple was in the big east for a while with Rutgers. Uh, i'm sure they compete for plenty of recruits as well that reminds me we'll have uh, recruiting news over the course of the season on this show but uh, another thing that greg shiano had to say uh these clips are from monday uh from Rutgers athletics it was about the offensive line and and we'll react to it after we hear this clip but the offensive line for any football team is what leads to success and really what makes the team go And that's especially the case for Rutgers because they do have some great skill position players. They just need to be able to get the ball in their hands and and create some space for him. So here's what Greg Schiano had to say about the offensive line. Improved for sure. Um, I'm not sure we're 100% set on who the first five are going to be. I think there's some back and forth right now on the staff. Um, But we we have to shore that up here pretty soon. Is that a concern? I mean, here we are a, a week and a day out from the start of the season, and uh, there's still some moving pieces here on the offensive line. Uh, that clip, of course, from a week and three days out or two days out or whatever you want to say. But at this point in camp, at, at this point in the the preparations for the first game, is that a concern to hear from Greg Schiano? Well, I, they have some options there. It's always been about just finding the best, the best five guys to put on the field uh, against Temple. Um, there was always going to be, there was going to be mixing and matching, looking for that right combination. But look, this has been the biggest question going into training camp. It was, it's going to still be one of the biggest questions. And Greg Schiano has not hidden the fact that this is the most important aspect of this team. This offense will go as the offensive line goes. It has to improve when, you know, Schiano and his coaching staff took over. That was an area of the team that had really struggled in recent seasons. It had really deteriorated and it has to be built up again. And they're doing that in future recruiting classes, but obviously those kids aren't on campus yet. So that right now they have to, you know, uh, put out who they have. And so, you know, I think that there are some mainstay guys, you know, you look at a guy like Nick Crimmon, probably you can say that he's going to be back at center again. Raekwon O'Neal was solid at left tackle. So there's a really good chance that he's right back in that spot. But the other three spots, it's going to be interesting to see who they put out there. Um, you know, who, who's at top of the depth chart. So absolutely, that is the biggest, I would say, question. I would say it is the biggest concern. It's one of the things I'm most looking or most intrigued to see how that 
line progresses and how it improves because it simply has to for this team to have success. Is it a concern at this point? I'm, I think concern might be a little strong, but I think if you, you know, you asked anybody around that program, they would like to know right now who exactly the five are going to be. Um, so, you know, I think it, it's definitely a, a big question mark hovering over this team right now. Well, and I think what you see here is offensive line is probably the toughest area to build when you're trying to build an offense. I mean, you can plug in, you can find fast guys, you can plug in some some skill guys, but building that offensive line and that cohesiveness over a number of seasons, that's not easy to do. And that is the uh, absolutely the biggest challenge here. And, you know, it, it's, it's cliche to say that, you know, it all starts up front, but it truly does with Rutgers. And any success they have is going to depend on them putting the right pieces in place and getting guys to work together on this line. Because for all the skill position players that they have, if you can't block anybody, it's not going to matter. Especially in the Big Ten. There's a lot of really good defensive lines in the Big Ten and you're right, Steve. I, I agree 100%. That is going to be the absolute key for this entire year. And consistency for any football team. Of course, you need good players. But right after that, consistency is so important. It's important for not only the the guys next to you on the offensive line, but for your quarterback, for your running back, for your receivers, and even for your defense if they don't get any breaks during the game because you're going three and out uh, every possession. So it, it's certainly something to keep an eye on, and I'm sure we'll be talking about it plenty this season on this podcast here. But we did mention skill position, guys. Let's get in now to, to some of our players to watch for this Scarlet Knights team. Uh, some of the top returning players, and uh, Chris, we'll begin with you. No surprise there. Arguably three of the most important positions on the field, quarterback, running back, linebacker, three good returning players there for the Scarlet Knights to build on. Yeah, absolutely. Rutgers has a lot of veterans on this team, a lot of guys coming back. Um, one thing that they haven't had a whole lot of in recent years is quarterback stability. And this year they have that with Noah Vegel at the top of the quarterback depth chart. Uh, he was solid last year. You know, he came in over from Nebraska in a really adverse situation. I mean, it's not easy to join a new program in the middle of a pandemic and then have to learn the offense or the bulk of the offense over a WebEx. So it was a lot against him last year, and yet he overcame a lot of it and had a solid season, a, a, a season that a lot of Rutgers quarterbacks would have liked to have had in recent years. So, you know, he finished last year with 1,253 um, passing yards, uh, 61.5 completion percentage was third in the big 10, nine touchdown passes. He can run, you know, he ran for almost uh, 200 yards. So he was really solid last year and getting him back again, is huge. And obviously there's a, there's a battle for his backup job between Evan Simon and Cole Snyder. That's sort of ongoing. Uh, Greg Schiano hasn't, you know, named who the backup will be at this point. Um, and then obviously, as you said, Ryan too, you know, you look at running back, and you have a guy in Isaiah Pacheco, who I think is prime for a big year. Um, I actually spoke to him recently, and he's really playing with a bit of a chip on his shoulder. He said, I'm tired of being underrated. And so that's how I spent the offseason. I, I went in and I, I worked on myself. I, I tried to improve in area, every area of this game. He has a lot of big goals, and one of those goals is running for 1,000 yards. And I think he can do it. Um, I think he has the potential to do it, especially you know another year. Um you know, of experience, another year in this offense. I think he's comfortable. I think he's motivated to get that done. But again, at the same time, you know, Greg Schiano even said this at the start of training camp, that's not going to be what dictates a good season for him. He doesn't have to run for a thousand yards in order for that to be considered a successful season. He just wants to continue to be consistent. You know, I think at times last year, he was kind of, he had some ups and downs. They just want to kind of see him even all that out and be the type of runner that they believe he can be on a consistent basis. And then again, on the other side of the ball, linebacker Olakunle Fadakasi, 
led the Big Ten last year with 101 tackles. Um, just a, a real big piece that they got back. It was huge for Rutgers' defense when he agreed to come back. I actually I asked Ciano about that at Big Ten Media Days, and he said that was the biggest recruit that they signed in the offseason was getting uh, Ola Kunle, 03 as they call him, to come back. So that was huge. And, and those three guys are key to this team. They're veterans. Um, they're, they're just, I think they're poised if all goes well, I think they could have a really big year, uh, and really, you know, help this team a lot. Well, I think as you talk about big playmakers, you know, you look at Bo Melton. I mean, here is a guy at wide receiver who needs to be an all big 10 performer this year. And if he could have a season where we're talking around a thousand yards, maybe 10 receiving touchdowns, that is going to be huge for this team. And to have him at the top of your receiving core, I think is a really big thing. And Aaron Crookshank, really, I mean, we saw him last year, how incredible he can be on special teams, you know, returning a couple of kickoffs for touchdowns, really electrifying the, the, the whole team when he does that. If they can now get him in the, the ball in his hands in open field as a receiver that is going to be huge, and and to have Mul uh, to have Melton and Crookshank at the top of that, you know, that can be a really really good uh, receiving core. Throwing Shameen Jones, you know, th th you know, that's three really good receivers right there. You know, and add in some of the younger guys. So I think those two guys are going to really be a key on offense. Now, if you're looking for top guys coming back. On that defense, I always look at a guy like Trey Avery as being such a huge key. And I say that because I think he got a little glimpse of Rutgers' team identity last year. You know, you saw what you were going to get from them. They were going to play hard. They were going to play smart. And they were going to have a solid defense. And honestly, Trey Avery, to me, is is in that mold. He's like the, a quintessential part of that. You know, he was a third-team All-Big Ten uh, last year. Um, you know, he has the ability to make the big plays that they're going to need on defense. I, I think Trey Avery is going to be a key. And in addition to those six names we just mentioned as returners, people that Scarlet Knights fans I'm sure are familiar with and will get more familiar with coming this season, we have some newcomers, whether it be freshmen, whether it be transfers, guys moving from backup roles to starting roles this year. Who are some newcomers to this Scarlet Knights, Scarlet Knights team, Chris, that you think we should keep an eye on? Yeah, one guy I'm looking forward to seeing and, and kind of seeing how he fits into this defense is Efine Maijay. He was a, a defensive tackle transfer from Temple. And he's got an in interesting opportunity because when Michael Dwumfor uh, left for the NFL after last season, that opened up a starting spot on that D-line. And Maijay is, is vying for that spot along with... Uh, uh, Mayan Ahanatu, who really played well last year, showed some good things. But Maijay's an interesting player. You know, he's 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 explosive. Two years ago, he had 52 tackles. He had a bit of a down year last year. But if he can play at the level that he was at in 2019, that would be huge for Rutgers' defense. Um, I'm really interested to see how he kind of fits. I, I think I would probably say that Ahanatu, if I had to guess right now, I would say he gets the starting job. But again, nothing certain at this point. Um my Jay did have, he was a bit banged up at the start of camp. So we had to come back from that. Um, but I, I, I'm really interested to see how he does. I, I think of the transfers, he, he has a chance to make a really big impact. Well, I think when you're talking about newcomers, you know, Greg Ciano doesn't talk a lot about freshmen, but he has mentioned Al Sadi Salam, the running back from East Orange, uh, who apparently has been impressive in practice, has caught Ciano's eye. And here's a guy 
He's a speedster. And I think he kind of fits in that mold of the general overall improvement of speed on this roster. You add a guy like Salam, uh, he's going to compete for playing time. Whether he gets into the rotation in his first year remains to be seen, but he's in the mix. And if you have a guy who could be the third back who occasionally finds an opening, can break off a 20, 25-yard run, that's going to be huge, especially if you can get it from a freshman. So I, I would look to him as someone who could be uh, one of those guys that really catches fans' eyes this year. One of those change of pace, just instant energy uh, running backs off the bench. You're seeing a lot more of that in, in the pros where it started, and now that's kind of trickling down to college. So certainly not unusual to see what uh, what would be the third running back on the depth chart or maybe even lower, get some touches over the course of the game. So definitely some guys to keep an eye on as we head into this 2021 season. Speaking of which, we're going to go through this schedule now. Of course, we mentioned Temple and Coach Shiano and his sound clip before. Greg Shiano mentioned Temple. So that is happening September 2nd. And uh, just a programming note as well, new episodes of this podcast will be dropping every Wednesday throughout the season, except next week, right off the bat, Curveball, sorry. It's a Thursday game against Temple. So this new episode previewing the Temple game exclusively will be dropping on Tuesday. Then we go back to our Wednesday schedule. But anyway, we're going to go through the schedule now, guys. We'll start with Temple. That is September 2nd, a Thursday night game. Next up, Syracuse on September 11th. Delaware, September 18th. Uh, at Michigan, September 25th. Home against Ohio State, October 2nd. Home against Michigan State, October 9th. At Northwestern, October 16th. Uh, at Illinois, October 30th. Home against Wisconsin on November 6th. And at Indiana, November 13th. At Penn State, November 20th. And then home to close out the regular season, November 27th against Maryland. As we said, all of those games, except for Temple, Saturday games, uh, what do we make of this schedule? Of course, it's it's the Big Ten. It's it's a gauntlet. You're going to have to go on the road and try to win a few games, which is never easy, no matter who the opponent is. And you have some tough opponents coming into Piscataway. So, Chris, what do you make of this schedule for Rutgers? And and realistically, what what can we expect from the Scarlet Knights facing those opponents? Yeah, I mean, as you said, listen, no game in the Big Ten is easy, right? Even the even the teams that you think are beatable are capable of winning. I mean, there, there's. You know, there's some down teams, but again, anything can happen. And it's we we alluded to this la- uh, earlier in the show, and Greg Schiano actually said this too at Big Ten Media Days. He said, "I'm not sure how much you can really take away from 2020. There were so many just odd things that happened between COVID. Obviously, a lot of teams had injuries. Uh, some teams had opt outs." What last year showed, I think, is still kind of unclear. I, I think that there are teams that struggled last year that are going to be much better. You know, Penn State is one of those teams. I think is going to be a totally different team. I think that there are teams who were really good last year who might take a step back for various reasons. Certainly loss of, of talent is among those. But I just think that last year was such an odd year in so many different ways. No crowd and no no fans in the stands. Um, that certainly would make it easier for kickers, you know, high pressure field goals and things like that. That's that's some uh, stress and, and pressure that they didn't have last year. So there's just odd variables that I think really were such a big part of the 2020 season. It's going to be interesting to see how what carries over into 2021. So when you look at this schedule and, and you look at what Rutgers has to do to me, they have to win all three non-conference games. And I think that they will. I mean, I'm predicting that they will beat Temple. They will beat Syracuse. They will beat Delaware. 
Delaware, by the way, is not an easy win. <laughs> they're they're a pretty good FCS team. Um, but I, I think that that Rutgers will take care of all three of those teams and 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 you know go three and zero in non conference. And to me, that they they have to. Um, there are some stretches in this schedule that are very difficult. Obviously, you know, you open Big Ten play with Michigan and Ohio State. That's not exactly easy, especially when you have Michigan on the road. Um, but there's a there's a tough schedule, tough stretch again later where you have Wisconsin, who's a, a favorite to come out of the Big Ten West and and probably play Ohio State in the championship game. Indiana has one of the best quarterbacks in the in the Big Ten and Michael Panix Jr., and who's obviously coming back from the ACL tear and is healthy and ready to go. And then Penn State, as I said, I believe, and Penn State's on the road, I believe the Nittany Lions will obviously be a lot better. But there's an easy stretch, too. you got Michigan State, Northwestern, Illinois all in a row. I think that those three teams are, are beatable. Um, so I think that that's a good stretch for, for Rutgers. I think Northwestern will be the toughest of those three, especially on the road. But I, I think they've lost a lot of talent, a lot of production. They have a lot of new faces, a lot of new starters. So I think that that's going to be um, – they'll still be a quality team, I believe, but not quite as good as they were last year, to say the least. So I think that's an easy stre- – not an easy stretch, but an easier stretch for Rutgers in that Big Ten slate. You know, I, I think as you look at this schedule, I think all any Rutgers fans wants to know is, is there a path to a bowl game? How is that possible, if at all? And, um, you know, I think, obviously, as Chris just said, you have to win the first three games. I mean, that, if you can't do that, that's a non-starter. Um, but, you know, you, you win your first three, and then let's assume you lose to Michigan and Ohio State. To me, that makes the Michigan State game the absolute biggest game of the year. I mean, this is a team you beat last year. Now, granted, it was that emotional first Shiano game back. Uh, so there was a lot going on there. But Michigan State's not unbeatable. Win that game, and now you're four and two. Four and two going into games against Northwestern and Illinois. And maybe you split those games. Maybe you get a split there. And now you're five and three going into. Well, let's face it, three really tough games, Wisconsin, Indiana, Penn State. Even if he gets swept in those games, now you've got Maryland. You're sitting at five and six. Win that game and you're six and six. Now, I'm not saying that's going to happen, but if you're a Rutgers fan, I I think you can kind of in your mind create this path to a bowl game this year. Now, it is not going to be easy, but I think it's possible. Do I think that's realistic? Probably not. I think – I think there's going to be some hiccups along the way. Rutgers might win a game that you might not think they're going to win, but I have a feeling they're going to lose one or two. You think that they might win. So uh, I just, I think that that pretty much is going to be the way it goes for them. And it's, it's going to be interesting, but I just don't think they're going to be able to get to that magic number. Yeah, I, I agree with you, Steve. I, I think that a bowl game certainly is possible. I, I, I The chances are certainly there. I just don't think that that is, at this point in time, where this program is. I don't know if that's an expectation that anybody should be going into the season with. It would be great for that program. It would be a massive step. But I think, you know, last year in a lot of ways raised expectations for a lot of people. You know, and and I think they kind of now look and say, hey, you know, a bowl game is certainly possible. They won three Big Ten games last year, go zero and three, or go three and zero in non-conference, and then win three more Big Ten games, and you you lock up a bowl bid. That's great, and that's true, but that can't be the way that this season is judged. This season has to be about continuing to improve, continuing to make progress in every facet, continuing 
for Greg Schiano to install that culture that he wants to install or continue to, um, which he obviously started to last year, and continue to make progress. If you get to a bowl game, that's fantastic. But a five and seven season, that would be, I think, just that that would be fine. I, I think that for where this program is right now, I think that would be fine. This was a multi-year project when Chiana returned. This is going to take time to get back to where they want to be. It doesn't have to happen in year two of his of his second stint here. Um, this is going to be about recruiting. It's going to be about getting those kids in the program. This is a long process. I think a bowl game is possible. I think it would be great for the program, a massive step. It is not at this point a necessity for this to be considered a successful season. Yeah, and I agree. And, and going back to what Steve said too, you're you're asking a lot, you're, you're assuming a lot of a team that has struggled, frankly, the last few years. And and to to assume that they're going to go 3-0 and in the non-conference schedule, I think that's a lot to ask of them. On paper, you look at these games, and they should but that's certainly not a guarantee. And then, like we said, like we highlighted in, the, like Steve said too, Michigan State at home, and then you have to split either Northwestern or Illinois. I don't think Northwestern's the win. Uh, things are weird out there with those 11 a.m. kickoffs on that grass field. It's always windy. It's always just a weird place to, to, to play. Uh, but you're asking a lot of a team that just hasn't put it together yet. So, yes, like Chris said, uh, six wins, that is, that's not the ceiling. That is, that's the stratosphere. Uh, I think five is certainly uh, a more reasonable expectation. Even if you get four, if you have some key contributors contributors who are coming back next season, if they show those flashes, if they show that they're able to put it together, if they're able to hang in games and necessarily not get blown out all the time, uh, I think that's a positive. You're just looking for really any positive, any sign of progress. It's a step forward and not a step backwards. And it may not come in the form of wins, and that's a tough thing for for fans of any team to swallow. But it, it's going to be those little steps, those little glimpses in each and every game that give you hope for the future moving forward. So that brings us to our bold prediction segment, which uh, I think the uh, the bold game uh, that would be certainly bold. Um, but apart from that, apart from maybe uh, you know results on the field, uh, any bold predictions, even for individual players, that you guys would like to pass along for this upcoming season. I'm actually going to, I mentioned this earlier. I'm actually going to stick with my bold prediction that Pacheco runs for a thousand yards. I, I just, I think it's obviously a lofty goal. It, it, it would be a, you know, a big thing if it happens, but why not? We're going bold, right? So might as well start there. Well, you know, I, and I think Rutgers can finish five and seven. I, I think that's what I'm going to predict them, but it's not a five and seven where a bowl game is really in in play. That's that's five and seven beating Maryland in the last game of the year. But um, you know, if I'm going to make a bowl prediction, my bowl prediction is that Rutgers will take one of the big boys well into the fourth quarter in a competitive game. Uh, I don't, I'm not sure exactly which one it's going to be, but I could see that happening. And even if even if they don't win it, to me, that is going to be a huge step forward for the program. I'll, I'll go the recruiting trail. I think this season's, a, like Chris mentioned before, I think this is a big show, showcase for recruits. Uh, Rutgers' problem has long been that they haven't been able to keep guys home. So my prediction is this season, whether it's a junior in high school now or a senior, they will land one major recruit, one of the top recruits, in New Jersey. We'll get more into recruiting uh, in the course of this podcast. But that's going to wrap it up for episode one. Of course, the chop will be coming to you, like I said, every Wednesday throughout the season, except next week. It's a Thursday night game. So we'll be bringing you next week's episode on 
Tuesday. Be sure to subscribe, uh, share it around wherever you might listen to podcasts. It's on every platform, so you'll find us there. And of course, visit the sites of the USA Today Network. Chris and Steve are constantly putting out content for app.com, northjersey.com, all the newspapers here around New Jersey. So be sure to follow along with them. Follow us. It was great talking to you. We have a great season ahead. We have a lot of fun stuff planned for you. So I hope you'll stick with us each and every week. For Chris, for Steve, I'm Ryan. Thanks for listening to The Chop.